Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast presented by First Federal Bank. It's Wednesday, April 27th. I'm Blair Kirkhoff. It's been a while since we've caught up with Kellis Robinette to talk Kansas State athletics. We do that today. In the last few weeks, the Wildcats have hired a basketball coach, Jerome Tang, and the reshaping of the program has started. Kansas State has landed a couple of transfers and it looks to add more including a high-scoring guard from Detroit Mercy that we'll tell you about. We also get into the eye-opening NIL deal former K-State guard Nigel Pack received upon his transfer to Miami. He had a good deal in Manhattan. You won't believe what he's getting in Miami. After a break, we shift to football. Could Skylar Thompson become the first quarterback from Kansas State to be selected in the NFL draft since Josh Freeman in 2009? And finally, Kellis and I discuss the legacy from a sports angle of former university president John Weefald, who recently passed away. Okay, let's get started. Kellis, it's been a long time since you and I have talked. How you doing? Uh, it's been way too long. I'm doing all right. Good to see you again, Blair. Yeah, great to see you too, Kellis. Uh, let's jump right into it and get into the Jerome Tang era of Kansas State men's basketball seems like he got off to a little bit of slow start when it came to roster building um, or roster replenishing as it works in college basketball, especially these days with the transfer portal, which we will get into in just a second. But he was quick to get the staff hired and then and then the players started to come. Is that is that the order of things? Uh, yeah, that's it. Um, first off, he hired uh, the guys he wanted to bring in and work under him. Then uh, he worked with the players he had coming back and uh, was only able to retain two of them. And now he's in the process of uh, replenishing, um, you know, those spots. He's got plenty to fill. Um, Right now he's got uh, two incoming transfers, two returning scholarship players, um, one incoming high school recruit who uh, just decided to sign with Kansas State under Bruce Weber, said, you know what, I like Jerome Tang. I'm going to stick with him and come in and give it a shot. And so that gives them, uh, you know, plenty of other spots to go now. And they're uh, they're out recruiting every single day, looking for transfers, uh, high school recruits, you name it. And um, we're starting to, you know, slowly see the roster rebuilt in his image. Right. We're going to get to one of those transfer targets in just a moment. But let's let's talk about who has committed and who's who we know is coming to Kansas State. Uh, he dipped into the Southeastern Conference for a couple of players now. Neither of these guys were uh, filled up a stat line at their SEC schools, but um, but Jerome Tang and uh, uh, help me with the pronunciation of of the assistant coach Ulrich Maligi or yeah Ulrich Maligi close okay <laughs> Ulrich Maligi thank you um, these were these were players that they recruited um, Tang at Baylor and Maligi. At, uh, at Texas, they recruited them out of high school, or at least Maligi with Chris with uh, with Chris Beard. So, uh, Jarrell Colbert out of LSU, Cam Carter out of Mississippi State. Like I said, and not not great scores, didn't fill up the stat line or anything. But these are guys that um, that the coaches knew and had some confidence in, and I think you can just anticipate from the relationship that the coaches have with these players that uh, expectations will be greater and, and performance should be greater for these guys when they're in the, wearing the purple uniforms. Definitely. And um, yeah, uh, certainly if you look, you know, if you're looking at past production, 
to uh, justify these guys being, you know, immediate impact guys or something like that. It's, it's, you're not going to find it. Colbert really barely played at LSU. Carter did play at Mississippi State, but neither one of them put up, you know, much of anything in terms of stats. But they, they both seem to have good athleticism. They move pretty well. Um, clearly, they're the type of players that these guys enjoy coaching um, and that they could see fit fitting in the Big 12 previously. So, I mean, I, 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 I'm excited to see what they can do. I wouldn't, uh, you know, lean back and expect double doubles out of these guys or anything like that right away. But um, that they bring something that's really valuable this day and age in college basketball in that um, they have they both have three years of eligibility remaining and they've already transferred. So when you get to the end of a year, the odds of these two guys transferring in the future are very, very low. Um, they're going to really want to, they're going to have to really want to get out and go play somewhere else. Cause if they leave, they're going to have to sit out a year. Um, and it's a lot like what you see in the returning players that Kansas state does have Marquise Noel and, and Ish Masood, you know, both pretty good players, especially Marquise. They really want him back next season. He could be a heck of a big 12 guard as a senior, but their incentive to leave was pretty low because unlike a, a lot of the other guys who, who decided to leave and look elsewhere, um, they don't have that instant eligibility anymore. And, and Colbert and Carter aren't going to have that either. So I, I really love the idea of getting, you know, bringing in, um, buying low on some of these guys who you know are going to be there for three years. They've got talent. They've got athleticism and can potentially help Kansas State over the long haul. Now what they need to do with the, you know, with their remaining uh, roster spots is go find somebody who can make an, an immediate impact and you know is going to put up stats. Well, one of those could be, and if I apologize if I have missed the news in recent days, but has Antoine Davis signed anywhere, committed anybody? He is still on the open market in Kansas State and still very much in the hunt for him. So We, we need to talk if, about him and, and what, what, his, what the credentials he would bring. Just lay it out for us, Kellis. Antoine Davis from Detroit Mercy, um, if, if, the, if the Wildcats happen to – you know, sign him, what, uh, what would he bring to the, the Wildcats? Well, it might make people forget about Nigel Pack a little bit. Um, I mean, not, not completely, obviously. He was an all-Big 12 first-team guard for a reason, one of the best returning players in the Big 12. He would have been anyway. Um, but he averaged 17.4 points per game last year. This guy they're looking at, Antoine Davis, um, is without a doubt the most prolific scorer in the transfer portal, he averaged 23.9 points playing for his dad, Mike Davis. You remember him? He used to coach in Indiana. Took Indiana to a national championship game. Yep, yep. Also, also um, coached at the UAB and Texas Southern. And, and now, yeah, like you said, he's coaching his son at Detroit Mercy. Yeah, and I was at, at Detroit. So, I mean, you got to like that. And not only did he average 23.9 points a game last season, he's done that. He's a senior. He's done it pretty much for four straight years. He's averaged at least, I think that was actually even maybe his lowest uh, point total ever. He's he's almost a 3,000-point scorer as a college player. He ranks number 22 all-time in the NCAA scoring list. So, um, I mean, if you, if you want a guy who can come in and, you know, get your buckets, this is the guy you want. Um, I mean, it seems like Kansas State is very much in the running. He had some very good things to say about the Wildcats after he visited, said it was the favorite visit he'd been on. He's also looked at Maryland. He's also looked at Georgetown. He's looking at BYU this week, and he's also considering a return to Detroit to keep playing for his dad. So that's where he's at. It's going to be one of those schools. Um, kind of the interesting thing with him is that his dad has come out and said that um, a motivating factor for him playing somewhere else is a uh, you know an impressive NIL deal. Maybe not quite what we saw with Pack in Miami, but 
Um, I think if you were just picking based on the schools out there and what they can offer, I think he likes, he probably does lean Kansas state as the favorite, but uh, you never know what some of these kids uh, will end up pick deciding once NIL stuff becomes a factor. Right. Right. And, and as you said, he is already number 22 on the NCAA's all time points list. Uh, if he has a season like one of his first four where he scores somewhere I don't know, between, let's just say 600 points, um, he would become, he has a chance to become like number two all time. It's, it's amazing. Pete Maravich is the all time scoring leader with, I think it's 3,300 plus. I mean, he, there's, there's an outside shot to defeat wherever he lands next year. And he has a huge season. He could be the, the, the NCAA's all time points leader. So that's that nuts. Be, yeah. That would be unbelievable if, if Kansas state could, could land him. And of course, you know, we'll, we'll be uh, we'll have to see how a player like that um, adjusts to a Power Five conference from the Horizon League. That's that's where he was, of course. That's where De- Detroit Mercy plays is in the Horizon. Um, Kellis, you mentioned Nigel Pack a couple of times, and we've got to talk about this. Um, we we all know what name, image, and likeness can be, but for the I know the provider of the name, image, and likeness benefit to these players to promote what they have done, which they did in the case of Nigel Pack. Uh, Wallet, I forgot the name of the company, Wallet something. Life Wallet. Well, Life Wallet, thank you. Life Wallet. And they. Still not sure what they do. <laughs> I don't know either. But they did tweet that they basically had signed Nigel Pack, a two year deal worth $800,000 in a car. I mean, what's the difference between that and what a professional athlete does, um, except in some cases, Nigel Pack getting paid more than some professional athletes with this kind of deal. That is, that's incredible to, uh, for, first of all, a company to put that out there. And, but the numbers are jaw dropping for, as far as I'm concerned, when we're trying to guess of what a, you know, an NIL can be worth to an athlete. You know, I, I don't know. I was thinking ten to twenty to fifty thousand dollars, based on the sport and the position that you play and that sort of thing. Four hundred thousand dollars a year for Nigel Pack. That is that is incredible. So my question is, you know, uh, nobody would turn that down uh, as an offer to transfer to the school. So what what can a Kansas State player do? And I'm not saying that Nigel Pack would have stayed in Manhattan. There was a coaching change. There was absolutely a reason to leave. But, you know, there was a, you know, basically to be money whipped away like this. What can a, what can a school like Kansas State do? I can't imagine there will be any athlete that a, a K-State or any Big 12 school, maybe this side of Texas or Oklahoma, would be able to offer an athlete um, this kind of benefit. Well, it, it's wild to think about. I know when, when that first uh, – came out, a friend of mine texted me and said, you know what, if someone would pay me $400,000 a year to move to Miami and play basketball, I'd do it too. Um, <laughs> you'd you'd make said, the sacrifice. <laughs> yeah. So I said, you know what, I think most of us um, would do that. And he even gets a car on top of, top of it. So um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, you know, like probably like a lot of other people, my first thought was, wow, I mean, Hey, great for Nigel. Um, I mean, if you can get that, you know, more power to you. I personally find it uh, hard to believe he's worth that 
to Life Wallet. I mean, there's no way that they're going to get $800,000 worth of publicity out of Nigel Pack playing in Miami. But I, I mean, I just don't think that's the, you know, that company's goal. Um, they're, you know, the, the guy who announced that clearly is a Miami guy, wants to see the Hurricanes win. Um, probably one of the, I'm surprised he's spending that much money to uh, help the basketball team and not the football team. But it, it is wild to think about. Um, I mean, if that's really the market value for some of these players, for a guy who wasn't even, um, you know, um, you know, conference player of the year last season. He's a good player, no doubt about it, but he was probably, you know, number five there on that that list of the all Big 12 team. So for him to go out and get that kind of money, it just shows you what's available. Um, and uh, I, hey, I mean, I, I'm glad that LifeWallet put that out there. They said, hey, here's what we paid. Here's, you know, let's take back the veil a little bit. Let's show you what's going on. I don't think that's the case for everybody, um, but it certainly opened my eyes to what's available out there. And it, it is kind of scary to think about how many people, not just at Kansas State, but anywhere might think that in the future. They have a really good year um, and say, you know what? It doesn't really matter how much or how little I like it at my current college. If I can go out and make nearly a million dollars on the open market, I better shoot for it. Um, I guess the the thing I would say is that any school who's looking to retain players just needs to be proactive about it. Um, you know, once a, once a guy is in school, um, you know, these NIL collectives and stuff can come out and spell it out for them pretty easily. Hey, if you stick around, here's what we can offer you. Um, we'll put a, together a nice package so that you don't leave. Um, I, I would say that a school like Kansas State, that's probably what they need to start thinking about. Um, if there are donors or business people out there who in the past put a lot of money into, uh, you know, facilities saying we need to make the best facilities out there so players will stay and come play with us maybe it's a better investment to start putting some of that money in NIL deals and say, Hey, Nigel Pack, you know, I was, I was thinking about putting $50,000 into the Ahern fund. How about I just give it to you to, uh, you know, do a commercial for my business. That's, that's probably where this is headed. That's, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's, uh, those are good thoughts and it would represent a, just a real change of direction philosophy and change of heart for the, you know, the donors that provide a lot of the, you know, the lifeblood of, of a college athletic program. I, I've heard a little bit of the same thing that, um, that, that schools have to may, may end up having to ask their donors to redirect dollars and basically directly pay the athletes. So uh, what, a, what a change that would be. Um, well, and it, it's crazy, too, because I, I remember somebody asking me, do it, did I think Nigel was leaving because of NIL stuff? And at the time, I thought, no, because... At Kansas State, he actually had some some deals. Like uh, he already had a car here, the Dodge dealership in town. Gave him a car, gave him some money to promote their business. There was a popular local restaurant here that had him do commercials and ads and stuff. It seemed to me like if he wanted to make money, he was already in the right spot for it. So um, very eye opening that he could just put his name out there and come out with almost a million bucks. But uh, yeah, crazy. It also speaks to something that I've, I've wondered about and heard a little bit about that. Um, th- that schools in metropolitan areas that have more maybe business opportunities uh, or, or for athletes to cash in on, on opportunities by, by because they, those metropolitan areas have more business and, and, and more maybe more alumni in, in, a, in a metropolitan area. Uh, Miami obviously is, is that way, but I'm thinking the, the LA schools of UCLA and USC and um, maybe some Texas schools, but anyway, places where the climate is nice and 
the uh, maybe they're more uh, deep pocketed business people who can uh, who can pay these athletes could have an advantage and maybe this falls under that I don't know we'll have to see certainly he's going to a program Nigel Pack is going to a program that had you know wonderful success this past season under Jim Laranega they they got to a regional championship game for the first time in school history and um, and, and I know that that team's looking for exact the, the exact type of player that Nigel Pack is a, a point guard that can run the team so Hey, more power to Nigel Pack. It is a uh, it's a new world of college basketball. He, he took full advantage of both of the issues that are that are dominant in the sport today: the transfer portal and NIL. So, okay, Callis, let's uh, we, we, let's transfer to football, but let's take a break first. And when we come back, we will talk about uh, Skylar Thompson, the NFL draft, and prospects for the upcoming Wildcats football season. Buying your first home is a huge milestone, but the journey there can be confusing. First Federal Bank of Kansas City is here to make it simple. After nearly a century of serving the KC community, our loan advisors have experience in every type of housing market. With a short phone call, we can give you a free rate quote and talk through loan options. No pressure, no obligation. The road to home ownership can be simple with First Federal Bank. Get started with a free quote at ffbkc.com homes. First Federal Bank of Kansas City, because banking is personal. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Okay, we're back with Callis Robinette on KC. He covers Kansas State for the Kansas City Star and Wichita Eagle. Tell us, uh, the NFL draft is at our doorstep, and I don't suspect we are going to hear a Kansas State player's name, on certainly not on the first night, which is the first round. And then rounds two and three happen on Friday. I'm most curious about Skylar Thompson, the quarterback, uh, Kansas City kid, of course. What's, what's being said, written, thought about uh, – for him in the NFL draft? Um, pretty much everything. Any possibility you can think of, you can find an article on the internet that backs up um, that possibility entering the NFL draft. I've seen people pick him as, uh, say he's going to go as early as the fourth round. They think that much of him. 
I've seen people who think he's not going to get drafted at all. Don't even have him among their, you know, top 400, um, uh, draft draftable players. So a wide range of possibilities for him entering the draft, but I think he's got a, a pretty good shot, um, to hear his name called on Saturday. It seems like most of the, uh, the high level experts like Mel Kuyper has him as the number 10 ranked quarterback in this draft. I think CBS, their expert him is number eight. Um, it's hard for me to envision that there's only going to be, you know, six or seven quarterbacks drafted in this whole thing. So I think somebody along the, along the way, as they get toward round six and seven, is going to say, you know what, um, let's take a chance on Skylar Thompson, bring him in and see what he can do. Um, he, he's had a, a, a very good run of things ever since his college career ended. Um, he got, he got invited to the combine and did good. He went to Kansas state's pro day, and did good. And he had some uh, some highlight throws at the East West Shrine game when he played in that as well. I think he's done enough to at least impress one or two teams out there. Um, Kansas State hasn't had a quarterback drafted since Josh Freeman all the way back in 2009. So if it happens, that would end a little bit of a streak for him there. So I, I think he does get picked, but it'll be close. If not, I think he'll he'll be a priority free agent guy. And you might see him, uh, you know, catch on that way, but. Uh, now that he's healthy, you know, I, I think he, he's shown what he can do, and I think somebody's going to take a chance on him. Chris Kleiman knows something about uh, sending quarterbacks to the NFL. Uh, what, what does Chris Kleiman seem to think about Skyler Thompson's prospects? It, it is crazy. Uh, <laughs> if you can start for Chris Kleiman, you got a good shot at the NFL. Carson Wentz, Trey Lance, Easton Stick. And I never really uh, viewed Skyler Thompson as much as an NFL quarterback until um, the very – late stages of his career at Kansas state, but I kind of actually started to see it after he got that last injury and learned to be more, a little bit more of a pocket passer. You could see his touch and everything. And, um, especially now that he's healthy and he's got all his gifts back. I think, uh, yeah, I think he's got a shot and, and Chris Kleiman, he, you know, he's not going to go out there and say, he's just like Trey Lance, um, who was a first round pick. Not going to say he's just like Carson Wentz, who was a first round pick. But he he's uh he's from the very beginning said he reminded him a lot of Easton Stick who's been a he was a fifth round guy been with the Los Angeles Chargers for three years um, and might be on the uh, um, Chase Daniel path of uh, just making millions and millions of dollars without hardly ever throwing a pass in the NFL which to me is the greatest life you could hope for as a pro athlete to get paid millions of dollars to essentially do nothing um, and, but but watch games every Sunday. Um, I said earlier, I'd moved to Miami for $400,000 and play basketball. I would do the same for NFL football. If somebody wants me to be their backup quarterback and never, never play, I'll do that for money as well. Um, that's kind of what I'm, I'm thinking about Scott Thompson here. Um, you know, he's got experience. He's got a good football IQ. He's got a decent enough arm. He's got some legs. I think he's going to find a way. Yeah. Yeah. I, look, he, I think he's a winner too. And, I, you know, for whatever NFL, you know, GMs say that's worth. Um, he's he's a bit of a warrior, and uh, you know, played hurt a lot just because of the way he plays. So, uh, good luck to him. You mentioned Josh Freeman, the last Kansas State quarterback to be drafted in uh, in in uh, two thousand and nine. I think the only other Kansas City high school quarterback to be taken in the draft, at least in that era, would be Drew Locke. Uh, mm from uh, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. So now with the Seahawks. Okay. Hey, um, so for the first time, I think since about 1957, Skylar Thompson will not be the Wildcats quarterback <laughs> next season. 
Um, and, and it's looking like it's going to be Adrian Martinez. It's not, you know, it's not written in stone or anything, but the Nebraska transfer um, chose Kansas State for a reason. He saw opportunity there and did not get to participate in spring football. Is that right with because of an injury? Yeah. Um, I mean, he, he was out there. Um, you, I guess you could say he participated in the fact that he, uh, he put on his pads, he, he handed the ball off to running backs a few times. Um, I even saw him, you know, do some, uh, some option plays and stuff, but when it came to actually throwing the ball to people, no, he was not doing that. Um, I think that's going to come here in May and you'll see him, you know, actually start doing seven on seven stuff here this summer. But regardless of all that, um, you know, outside of maybe Will Howard, who we didn't get to talk to, I think probably everybody else on the team would say that Adrian Martinez is going to be the guy um, who's going to start next season. And um, I, I, I look forward to with him and be excited about. Um, obviously, he's got to clear up a few things that he did poorly at Nebraska, like turn the ball over. And we just talked about, you know, Scott Thompson being a winner who found ways to, uh, you know, lead Kansas State to victories in close situations. Far too often, A.J. Martinez was the opposite in Nebraska where he, you know, just good enough to get you get you that opportunity to win late, but not good enough to actually get you over the finish line. Um, we'll, we'll see if, you know, putting him with Kleiman, putting him with Colin Klein as an offensive coordinator is enough to change that. I personally think that, you know, giving him a, a fresh start and, and a new look on things will help quite a bit because he'll have a, a solid running game behind him. He'll have a good offensive line in front of him. Colin Klein's actually already come out and said that he doesn't want him to pat, uh, throw, uh, sorry, run the ball nearly as much as he did at Nebraska, which is a welcome change for him, even though I do think he is probably the best running quarterback Kansas State has had since maybe Daniel Sands or something like that. So um, I think there is a lot to be excited about. He's an upgrade over what they've got currently. That's not to say that Howard or Jake Rubley can't eventually be good quarterbacks, but they're just not quite there yet. And uh, Martinez has certainly got experience, certainly wants to be here, certainly, um, you know, is, is fit in well to the Kansas State way already. So um, it's, it's been a little interesting sometimes when you get in the situation where a guy's not playing, you know, maybe, maybe his teammates don't talk him up so much, but I think it's helped that he's got Cade Warner and Will Honus, two other Nebraska transfers there on the team with him to vouch for him. Um, seems like everybody, uh, I was very surprised, even like Phillip Brooks, one of their better receivers. Um, we asked him what they thought of Adrian Martinez. And even though he hadn't thrown to him yet, he's, he just said, Hey, you, you can just tell, you know, he, he's a, he's a higher level quarterback. Um, than, than what we've had here lately. And uh, we're just look, we're just looking forward to see what he can do. So I think that says a lot. Yeah, and he should be uh, – he, he's coming to a good team. There, there's some pieces in place for Kansas State to be, uh, you know, a contending team, I think, in, in, in 2022. We will have plenty of time to talk about K-State football prospects uh, in, in the weeks and months to come. But let's let's begin to wind down on a couple of other topics that that um, are related to Kansas State and and this one, of course, is related to the entire Big Twelve. The league is looking for a commissioner, and uh, one person whose name came up early in the you know, in the search or the the reporting of the search was Kirk Schultz, the former Kansas State president. He took his name mm-hmm. out of the running, and now I've seen his name associated with. NCAA president now that Mark Emmert is stepping down. So that's one to 
to keep an eye on. Kirk Schultz, of course, now the president at uh, Washington State. But uh, another name that I have seen associated with the Big 12 commissioner with the strong Kansas State tie is Kirby Holcutt, the AD at Texas Tech, played uh, football for Bill Snyder in the 1990s. He's from Texas originally, came up to play for uh, for Bill Snyder. This was before, of course, Kellis, you were covering the team and maybe even in college. <laughs> That's how long it's been since Kirby Holcutt played for the Wildcats. <laughs> And uh, and has now you know been for the last few years the the AD at Texas Tech. He was the Big Twelve rep on the college football playoff committee for a while. So that's one to keep an eye on. Kirby Holcutt as a candidate for for Big Twelve commissioner. Um, Kellis, there's one other thing. Uh, a couple weekends ago, we got news that John Weefald passed away. John Weefald was K State's president. I think the I've got these years right from 1986 until. 2009, um, somewhere in that range, and um, quite a uh, quite a character when it came to sports. And uh, not many presidents can claim that they've hired two Hall of Fame coaches. John Weefall can do that. He he hired. You know, he was the president when Kansas State hired Bill Snyder, and he was. And then late in his tenure, uh, was uh, was. Uh, leading the university when it hired Bob Huggins as the basketball coach. Huggins only remained for one year, but he was uh, went off to West Virginia this year, or just recently was named a inductee for the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. But uh, did, let me ask you this, Kels, did, did your t- has your tenure covering Kansas State, did it overlap at all with John Weefall? Uh, he was never on the job when I was on the job, but I have interviewed him many times, right? Did interview him many times, I should say. Uh, always a treat. Um, it was, uh, he was one of those guys when you would talk to him. Um, it was very, very difficult to get him off the phone. I'm sure you maybe experienced that over the years, but I mean, shoot, even if you were calling with just a simple question, I mean, you, you knew you were on the phone with him for 30 minutes, um, but, but always very, always very entertaining, always very happy. Um, he, uh, it, it was kind of funny when they, when they, they dedicated the dorm here on campus to him, we fall hall. Um, I called him up for an interview and he said, uh, let, let's not do it on the phone. Why don't you just come down to we, we hall and, uh, we, we can go to the dining hall there and eat. And I was like, uh, yeah, all right. And it turned into, you know, a three hour, three hour ordeal where he's going around introducing me to basically everybody in the building. Um, but that, you know, Hey, that's the kind of person he is. And he was. And uh, I think that's, you know, a reason why he stuck around Kansas State as long as he did. People just liked him. Um, he was good at his job. Uh, he was good at uh, making people happy. And I, I don't think it's any mistake that Bill Snyder, you know, when he, when he always said, I came here for the people. I just like the environment. I think somebody like John Weefald was a big reason why. Um, and he put, a lot of, he put a lot of faith in Bill Snyder. And they, they had a, a lot of success together. Not only hired, you said he hired, you know, him, uh, uh, Snyder and Huggins. He really hired Snyder twice, right? He yes, hired he did. Snyder the first time. And then after they made the, the blunder with Ron Prince, he had the, uh, the foresight to bring him back when a lot of people thought that was probably a bad move. Um, and I mean, shoot, he, he came back and had a heck of a second tenure, brought another Big 12 championship to town, had Kansas State ranked number one. Um, for a brief time in 2012, I was there to cover that. Um, uh, I was around then. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it was John Curry who said this, but to me, but, um, the, uh, 
the, the sign of any good athletic department, any good university is retention, right? If you're changing ADs, changing presidents, changing coaches all the time, it's very difficult to be good um, and, and excellent year after year after year with that much turnover. What we felt really did is he came in, he had a vision, he sustained it for all those years, like you said, um, and Kansas State is better because of it. No doubt about it. And look, we've got to, we say that he was the, the president when these hires were made. It was the athletic directors, really, who made the, the final calls on, uh, well, John made the final call, but it was the legwork with Steve Miller when it came to uh, Bill Snyder the first time, and then uh, uh, other athletic directors through the years when it came to the other, uh, Tim Weiser, of course, for, uh, for, for uh, Bob Huggins. But there were also some misses. You mentioned Ron Prince, bad hire, um, uh, Tom Asbury in basketball, Jim Woldridge, not good hires. Uh, but overall, look, Kansas State changed enormously uh, from the time that, uh, that, that John Weefall took over as president until the end of his tenure. So, um, And he was a very personable guy. Uh, he'll be warmly remembered. So uh, good on uh, – Good on Kansas State for naming the uh, the, dorm, the the having a default. Is it not a dorm, but a, is it an academic building or a dorm? Uh, there is definitely a dorm named after in Weefold Hall. There might okay. be another building on campus too. Okay. I, I'm not totally sure on that. But definitely a dorm. I've been inside it. It's very nice. Okay. All right, Kellis. It really enjoyed catching up with you, and we will do it again soon. That'll do it for today. Big shout out to our sponsor, First Federal Bank. And thanks to Randy Mason for producing the show and to our Sportsbeat KC staff of Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. Tip of the cap to Kellis Robinette for sharing his insights on Kansas State. 36 pages in today's morning sports edition. Plenty of good stuff in there. I especially enjoyed the SEC and Big 12 spring football wrap-ups and the feature on the Formula One race coming to Miami next weekend. I got a new email address for you. Punch in liveedition.com kansascity.com. Okay, thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC.